0: Welcome to Listening Well with me, Stephanie. Every week, I share a theme around the topic of wellness, but it's not just me coming to you as the host. I have a series of guest experts who share their topic of interest, and I'm so excited to have our next guest, Ms. Livy Von Goh, who will be sharing with us on a state where we spend about a third of our lifespan in the state of sleep. Specifically, Livy has dug deep into the phenomenon of dreaming, where her interest in the subconscious mind and even an unconscious mind has proven fascinating into exploring the truths about what we seek. Livy hopes that her dream work will help people to communicate their emotions, develop ideas, and unlock their hidden creativity and imagination. Her interest in dream states has been growing for the past decade, leading her to explore cultural, scientific, and spiritual perspectives on dream work. And since the pandemic in 2020, when we were all cooped up, she started live streaming dream interpretations herself. And I've actually had the pleasure of sitting in on one of her workshops, her in person workshops, which was quite an interesting thing to be a part of. I'm so excited to talk to you, Livy. Welcome to the
1: Listening Well podcast. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you, Steph. Um, I'm absolutely flattered. I'm very excited to be on board. Awesome. I mean, you know, dream
0: interpretation, it's such an interesting topic, right? Because you can't really go to school or get a doctorate degree in dream interpretation. And I understand you have two lives, right? You are a digital creative, and you also have this thing on the side. So maybe you
1: can tell our listeners what got you started in the first place. What got me into dream work was actually quite interesting. I was trying to become a designer, an industrial designer, and I ended up getting really interested in surrealism. It fascinated me how artists like Dali and Frida Kahlo uh, were tapping into that unconscious space to create the works that they have made. And it got me wondering, how is it that everybody has the capability to go into this space every night, and yet it's being dismissed or we're not using it at all? or it's kind of brushed off as woo-woo. So I looked into it deeper and actually found so many cultural and scientific insights on that space that is still being explored. It got me obsessed. I started interviewing the artists and designers around me to see if there were any links between what they were dreaming of at night and the works they were producing. And it led me to teaching myself how to interview, document with a camera, how to video edit. And I picked up all these skills and I found myself tirelessly like, working at night to create this documentary. And I did that for three months. And I found that more often than not, there were connections between what people were dreaming of and the work that they were creating. Wait, wait, wait. You said documentary. Where can we find this documentary? And what's it called? Here's the thing. One day... I was editing late at night and my building had a blackout. I lost everything that was on the computer. I couldn't switch it on. I lost everything that was on the hard drive because of course I wanted to back it up. And yeah, it was one of the worst heartbreaks of my life. Like, I thought, I, oh my gosh, I stumbled upon this gold mine and yet now I don't have any proof of it. And so during this heartbreak moment, it kind of dawned on me, well, is this profession or this is this obsession going to actually put bread on the table? Or should I use the skills that I've harnessed from doing this and make something of it? So I thought, okay, you know what? Design is not for me. I'm going to go join a media company. And, and then I joined MTV Asia. Oh, so the documentary just
0: like evaporated into just eva- Oh my gosh. So, okay, in the documentary itself were details on what DreamWorks are or what dream work is, what is dreaming for or all
1: those details, were they all in the documentary? The documentary was actually just interviewing friends who are designers and artists on what they dreamt and then reenacting them like artistically. That was what the documentary was essentially and then linking it to the work that they did. We did
0: that in the workshop, didn't we? So we went around and we talked about what dream that we remembered the ones that we can remember at least, and then we acted it out, right? We, you know, part, different people played different roles. So that was a very interesting process that we went through. Why is it
1: that we have to enact it? What's the value in doing that? That's a great question, Steph. And I think the main idea actually came because a lot of the work that I was doing was very one-on-one and it was a lot of, almost like everybody was in their echo chamber in terms of their dreams. But what I really encourage all dreamers to do is to make the intangible, that which you dream, into the tangible. So either through recording, whether that's through voice, drawing it out, journaling, telling somebody else. When you take that which was in your subconscious, which is literally intangible space, the dream space, and you transfer it to this waking life, you're constantly creating that bridge. And so that's why I like the act of enacting it out because you're making it almost real. But I don't like to use that term real because that's super, super debatable. What is real? What is reality? What is illusion? So I'll just say that we live in two different states most of the time. And that's the waking state and the dreaming state or the sleeping state. Interesting. And then when you bring that
0: subconscious into the conscious, Doesn't that sort of confuse you a little bit? Because then you have to start interpreting it and what does this mean? And then you sort of go down that spiral of questions and what ifs. Don't you do that in your waking life anyway? Ah, oh, this is true. Oftentimes way too much. But yeah, you know, I mean, why is it that sometimes, you know, I mean, I have the habit of if there's a very interesting dream, I wake up and I write it down. I have a friend who actually writes down every single dream that they wake up with. But why is it that sometimes there is a dream that when I wake up, I can remember it throughout the whole day? Literally, it's like in my mind. It's just burned in there. And then there are other dreams where I wake up and it was super powerful, but 10
1: minutes later I'm like, where did wait, wait, what happened? You're bringing up a lot of interesting things here. So, I think first of all to answer your question on why some dreams are more stand out than others. So that okay, I think the best way to answer this is that you have to ask yourself what is dreaming for? Why do we dream? And there are a multitude of reasons. So, I'm just going to list some that I can think of right now, right here. You need to dream to forget. We are inundated with information every day. So if you imagine your brain like a cache, you need to clear some of that history because you're not gonna find every single piece of information useful, right? The thing about when you're dreaming is that you're processing so much more information than you are when you are awake. So I'm not gonna name any figures or stats, but let's say you have a certain portion of information that you process while you're awake. That's a 100,000 times more while you're asleep. And that's because your external stimuli, which usually helps you to receive information, that's cut off. You're not seeing so much, hearing so much. All of these senses are cut off because you're asleep. So what goes on in your brain then is it's constantly filtering out what you don't need. It's associating, disassociated ideas. And it's helping you to combat stress, helping you to improve your memory. It's helping to stimulate different scenarios so that you can predict what will happen in the future or make decisions about what you wanna do in your future. I don't know, man. Some of my dreams are really uh, stressful. So what are the
0: challenges? You say that you talk one-on-one with people, you run workshops.
1: Are there any challenges that you face when doing this sort of thing? Definitely. Well, for starters, I'm kind of seen as cuckoo or a nutcase by most. And it really depends on the crowd. You have those open-minded who are willing to try. They're willing to engage. And they'll ask a lot of questions even though they know nothing about it. And then you have those who sort of see this as as veering towards spirituality, which it is in many cases it is there is an element of spirituality when we're talking about the unconscious when we're talking about a realm that we that is different to what we know in waking life of course there's an element of is that my soul entering a different space is there a soul even so I get it that people find it a bit complex to deal with and I'm trying my best to sort of explain to them in a way that doesn't intimidate them it is so much fun to explore your dreams. It is a space where you are able to tap on a resource of imagination, creativity, richness, all within yourself. You already have it. You don't need any tools to even enter it. So on a one-on-one session,
0: right, do you have leading questions for the person that's receiving this dream interpretation?
1: And if so, what kind of questions are they? Usually people come to me with a dream that they already have, that they're worried about, that they need to dissect. They want to know what is going on. So I will take this dream and sort of dissect it with them by looking at the symbols. What is the location? Who are the people? What were the emotions that were running through them? How do they feel when they wake up? So they help me to identify what are the deeper layers within that dream. And so I always encourage these dreamers to write and journal down their dreams so that they can start to see a narrative that is building, that links their waking life to their dream life. And also some people come to me with no dreams at all, but they wish to recall. And how do you do something like that? How do you recall a dream? Very good question. Recalling a dream is like a muscle that you have to flex. It's like going to the gym and working on that muscle so that it's strong enough. It's like learning a bicycle, same thing. You just have to put intention and practice it. How I usually instruct others to recall is by practicing first intention setting. Before you sleep, repeat to yourself over and over and over again, what kind of scenario you would like to see. Is it a a place you would like to go to, a person you would like to visit? Perhaps it's an idea that you wish to incubate. The reason I encourage people to hone in on one idea is because great things like the atomic structure, Google, the periodic table, the song yesterday, relativity. These were all conceived during the dream space. These were all conceived while dreaming. Incredible, right? Mm. Of course, these were geniuses as well. But it just goes to show when you set your mind on an intention and you let that carry through to your dream life it's a beautiful space to you know incubate that idea develop it why because you have ultra focus in that space you're not distracted by your daily life you're not distracted by external stimuli from what your body can sense it's a playground the constructs of space time gravity these are not going to weigh you down so That's why I encourage this activity.
0: Beautiful, because you often set intentions when you wake up in your day, when you're about to start a yoga practice, when you sit down for meditation. That's often when you set intentions. I don't think I've ever set an intention when I'm about to go to sleep. So that's something I'll try tonight, and I'll let you know. So I'm just curious. Is there like an encyclopedia of dreams and what they mean? Because I know the common one about something like losing your teeth and I often have dreams of snakes some you know some scary some just weird running away from something or falling off a cliff those are some of sort of my um, recurring dreams obviously they're all very dark sometimes I have nice dreams too I promise but you know is there like a book on what these mean and if so I mean how credible is that like
1: where do they get those definitions or those meanings? Okay, I'm not going to tell you that there's a book. There is no one-size-fits-all interpretation guide for your dreams. There really isn't. Interpreting your dreams depends on where you're from, your culture, your influences, the people you surround yourself with, the kind of information you absorb on a daily basis, whether that's self-sought or whether that's given to you. So to tell you there is a one size fits all guide, that's really wrong of me. And I don't think anyone should tell you that either. I've been researching on different cultural perspectives, scientific perspectives, and I like to take a little bit from everywhere. I can tell you now that for Western philosophy, for example, you have Freud, you have Jung, you have the Gestalt theory. These are all, you know, dream analysis, dream interpretation, schools of thought that you can look into but there's also a wealth of other different cultures that you can look into if you're interested, for example, dreaming the Aboriginal cosmology and how they use mythology and dreams to interpret and make decisions. You have, for example, the Achua tribe in South America who have a ceremony that they conduct before dawn every day to use dreams to decide the direction for the tribe you have you know Hinduism, Buddhism, all these different schools of thought for dream interpretation and analysis. So I think look at yourself like an onion and dream interpretation is literally peeling the layers of that onion so that you can get to the core of what the dream is really about. But that takes looking at your life and what influences you yeah mm-hmm.
0: so I can't go to Dr. Google and just find out snake was attacking me what does this mean does this mean I'm gonna have a bad day it doesn't go that far well you can get a basic answer or you can come to me uh, and where can we find you Livy when it comes to
1: this dream interpretation do you hold workshops one-on-ones right now you can find me on Instagram my website is under construction but you can find me on Instagram you can contact me there. I hold workshops. The events are always ever-changing, which is great because I love spreading my knowledge too. They're like a myriad of people and I'm always open to hear everybody's feedback and opinion on what I do. It helps me develop my work and really adds richness to the way I interpret because getting to know more people and more dreams gives me a very 360 degree knowledge on on culture and how people dream and why they dream of the dreams that they do.
0: So what's next for you then? Are you going to just be a dream specialist? Is there somewhere that you can go to become a sort of PhD in dream interpretation? How do you wish to explore this field further moving forward?
1: That's a great question. So actually how I started even doing all this dream work was I applied to this pitch for inner worlds it was a short film festival that was going to be held at the barbican in london i thought great i can finally express this passion of mine by putting on a video and they of course they rejected me which is fine but that spurred me on to think you know what i'll just take it live stream and from there i think it made me realize like there are usually linear ways of approaching an academic subject but i don't think this is it for me, I've been, as I said, researching into culture, but also scientific perspectives and even reading up documents by the CIA on how dreaming can be used as a way to transfer covert messages. So it's so expensive. Dreaming is important to me because the unconscious mind I feel is sacred. And I think the unconscious mind is what binds us all. And now we're seeing even advertisers explore this space, to advertise in the unconscious space, which is kind of worrying to me. It really is. (laughs) So I think how I would go about deepening my knowledge is by seeking out the cultures that I have been researching on for the past decade. And now I'm finally at a point where I can actually go and visit them and study with them and sit with them to see, can we tap on ancient wisdom to help develop and progress our new generation, to help protect what is sacred to us as humans. Maybe that's getting a little bit too philosophical, but I believe we're moving into an extremely rapidly evolving technological era. And maybe, you know, we are moving on to become a space-faring species. So what do we need to hold on to to keep us human? And I think the unconscious space is one of them.
0: Beautifully said. I mean, we're all so seemingly connected, but at the same time, so disconnected and so alone. And that's such a good reminder to tap into ancestral wisdom as well. So one final question before you leave, and maybe you'd like to share your answer with me or with our listeners or not. But I took one of your dream potions the other months. And just for those listening, it's this little potion that came in a, a tiny little bottle and it really did put me in this sort of hazy state. I want to say I got a little bit, woo, but all natural ingredients were in there. Will you ever share your secret?
1: I could share a little bit for sure. I've grown up kind of an insomniac and I think it's really important to understand your chronotype. So your chronotype dictates what your natural circadian rhythm is and how your energy is distributed in a day, whether that's when is the best time to sleep versus when is the best time for you to work. So understanding what your natural chronotype is is very important. And I know mine, I'm, I'm a night owl. I function really well from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and some of my best ideas come during that time. So how do you function in a society where that's not the schedule for everyone, you know? So I started turning to plant medicine to see if I can sort of hack my biological system. And I currently use adaptogens in my sleep potions, as you call them. Sleep potions. Sleep potions. They're so good. (laughs) They're also very delicious. I was shocked with the impact it had on me. Amazing. I mean, I'm really glad to hear that because it took a lot of tinkering. you know, In my mad scientist lab at home, I was playing with a lot of different plants from all over the world. And I'll tell you what's in it that's really effective. And it's ashwagandha. So ashwagandha is an adaptogen. It's mainly known to be an energy giver. But what people might not know is that it listens to your body to balance your energy levels. If you're too stressed, it helps you come back to a relaxed state. If you need more energy, it brings you up. So that's why this adaptogen is so powerful. I've also put maca in there, another adaptogen that does the same thing. It's completely made of flowers, leaves, roots, all natural. And I've been getting requests from overseas and I have to figure out soon how to transport that because mainly I was making it for friends and people I cared about or people that came to my one-on-one. I didn't think of even stretching it further than that. But I realized in order to dream, you need to have good sleep. You need to sleep well. And so taking care of your sleep hygiene is also something I touch on, whether that's eating the right kind of foods, setting your environment right so that it's, it's conducive for a good sleep, engaging all your senses so that your body is brought to a relaxed mood. That includes listening to certain frequencies, sound frequencies. Like binaural beads. Binaural beads. Right. 432 hertz, for mm-hmm. example, brings your body to a state of deep relaxation. Yeah. And for example, you know, four to seven hertz is really good for stimulating your theta waves. So, your theta waves are the brain waves that you get as you're coming out of deep sleep and going to REM. And that's when your dreams are in superpower mode. So, amazing. Yeah. So, we can learn all about this with our one on one session with you if you have it.
0: And plus, you will have the amazing fortune to receive one of those dream elixirs. Love it. I do put ashwagandha and makaroot in my smoothies every morning. So if anything, I think it's to uplift my energy, but sometimes maybe it would be to sort of moderate it, correct? Amazing, Livy. Well, thank you so much for being on the Listening Well podcast. For any contact details, I've put them all in the show notes. Please reach out to Livy for any questions around the topic of dream interpretation. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me, Steph.